Healing is part of what Jesus purchased for us. Well, he's a big part of it. And of course, you know, healing happens internally, externally. You're going to get, you're going to experience some more healing tonight. You will, because we have a good, good father. It's just who he is. So that is enough. That just, there you go. It's all wrapped and ready to go for Dr. Sue, Susan to come up and to share her heart. So would you honor her with me right now? say a huge hello to all of you. I'm just so absolutely excited and happy to be here. Um, Pastor Brent and I and Pastor Suzanne, we've been getting to know each other and developing a wonderful friendship. And they've been on our side of the bay um, doing conferences with us. And it's such a joy to be here tonight and be able to share with you um, just the wonderful things that the Lord has been doing in the, in the medical healing area. So I'm wondering how many of you have, don't really know anything about the ministry, the medical ministry that I do, or are all of you been to events? And how many of you do know something about it? So it seems like it's kind of mixed. I'm sorry? Yes, definitely. I was definitely sharing these things at Revive Church where Reggie comes from. So I think what I'll do then um, is just give a little bit of a, an introduction to how I came to be involved in medical ministry because it's, it's really been an amazing journey and just awesome. And then I will... Um, literally turn the stage over to the Lord <laughs> and be sharing a lot of testimonies with you where he is the true star. I got to do the prayers and, you know, a lot of amazing medical work with them, but the Lord was the healer, so it's deeply touching to me to be able to share these pictures and testimonies with you. And then we'll be moving into prayer, which will be awesome. We'll be, we'll be doing healing prayer for the rest of the evening. So I'm really excited about being here. So for those of you that, that haven't had any introduction to the ministry that I do, I am a medical doctor, but I'm also an ordained minister. And it's, an, it's a little bit of an unusual combination. Um, I don't know too many people, even in this area, who combine the two. And it was, it was kind of a, a journey that God led me on. Um, I started out from the medical side. I'm, I'm based over in the mid-peninsula across the bay. And so for, for quite some time, I had a large medical practice and really enjoyed what I was doing. It was a very kingdom-based practice where I would not only you know, give a lot of great technical and medical help to my patients, but it was very love-based. So. I had close, deep relationships with the patients that I was working with. Um, I would hug all my patients, and it, they really appreciated it because it's very intimidating to be sick. It's scary, it's uncomfortable to go to doctors, it's always bad news. 
most of the time it's bad news. Nobody wants to hear what we have to say. It's like, go away. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. So it was really nice to be able to, you know, have, have really a kingdom-based kind of a practice. I was also doing a lot of teaching, and, and I was on the clinical faculty at Stanford at the medical school, Stanford University Med School of Medicine, and did quite a bit of teaching there. And currently I'm in ministry at Stanford. I don't do any medical stuff over there anymore. I've moved from the medical center over to the main campus. And I'm engaged very much in ministry and really enjoy it. It's really a joy to be bringing um, miracles and supernatural um, love and power of God to a campus that is anything but that. It's a very secular, um, hard-driving kind of campus. And the students I work with are, you know, very much that way, except they also love the Lord. So it's been really, really special. Um, my, my biggest issue with my own field was that, um, as all of you know who, who go to your own doctor, is that basically we don't cure people. Um, doctors don't use that word. We're very uptight around the idea of healing, the idea of cures. Um, we never use that word. Even if people go into remissions, we'll tell you you're in a remission, we're happy that your symptoms have been managed, um, you know, your doctor will take out their prescription pad and, and you know, write medications down for you. But the, the concept of, of true healing, the way that Jesus healed in the Bible, where, you know, a leper was healed, um, demons were cast out, um, people were truly healed in the Lord, in, in the scriptures. So that's not part of our culture. And love is not part of our culture, which is the most important thing to the Lord. I mean, the healings mean nothing without love. So the field was frustrating for me also because I knew there was a lot more that could be done for people, that, that we could go much farther but not through surgeries and giving people chemotherapy for cancer and, and that sort of thing. We really needed to bring the Lord in. So about six and a half to seven years ago, God's guided me to become ordained in ministry. And I continued at that time to do um, work in the medical field. I was very still engaged in my field, deeply engaged. But as soon as I became ordained in ministry, a lot of new experiences opened up for me. And that's really what I want to share with you tonight. I want to let you know what I come out of. But what the Lord took me to was much more special. Um, as soon as I became ordained, um, I began to do a hospital-based ministry. And I will show you some um, pictures and testimonies from some of the cases that I worked with all in our local hospitals. And it was profoundly touching to me what I started to see. Because coming from the medical field, I wasn't used to seeing the blind seeing and the crippled walking and the deaf hearing, except with a hearing aid or <laughs> having cataract surgery or something like that. But I was seeing the hand of the Lord reaching out and touching people. 
and literally just healing them where they didn't need to have surgery, they didn't need to they didn't need to be on chemo and radiation, they were just healed. And when the Lord heals you, you don't relapse. It's a true healing. It's not a medical healing, it's the Lord's healing. And so I spent a lot of time in the ICUs. And I'm sure some of you have been in ICUs. Have you, you know, visited people there? Or any of you not been in ICUs? It's a very intimidating kind of place to go medically. It's, you know, it's very regulated. You have to push a button to get in. And, you know, people are kind of watching you to make sure that everything is done in the proper way. It's, you know, it's a very intimidating kind of environment. And the people are super sick. They're, the people in the ICUs are just holding on to life, barely, some of them. And I was praying in the ICUs all over the Bay Area and just seeing the most incredible miracles of God. Now, he would send me into the ICUs through families who wanted healing of their loved ones. He would send me into the ICUs through ministers who would, you know, knew about my work and would ask me if I would go, you know, visit really sick people that were, you know, just hanging on barely. And then once I was in the hospital, the Lord would take over, and it would, you know, I saw many times where it would go viral, you know, which is a term we use, where if I was praying over, you know, people who were in wheelchairs, like quadriplegics, I would see multiples of quadriplegics walking again, which is something you don't, to see even one in a medical career is, is very unusual because Basically, you have no function or often even feeling from the neck down. And I was seeing people walking before they ever left the hospital. It was amazing. And then sometimes I would see people that I didn't even pray over who were, you know, in beds near the people I was praying over, and they would start to walk. That's what I mean by going viral. <laughs> the Lord would literally, like, go viral, and I would see... Every once in a while I would see whole wards clear out where a bunch of people who were quadriplegic would be discharged and the ward would be empty and it would be amazing. I'd go past the ward and like, there's nobody there. <laughs> it was amazing. And, and only the Lord can do these things. I remember I had amazing experiences. Um, some of the people I prayed for were total believers but because God loves everybody, he would heal you if you were not a believer. He would send me in to love people, to pray for them, to create relationship. And it didn't matter if you were a believer or if you were Hindu or Buddhist or atheist. He would heal you anyway. And many of the people I prayed to came to the Lord. After the Lord healed them, they would come to him because they, his love just was so nurturing and so good. I remember one man that I prayed over who was a believer. And he was very unusual. It's the only time I've ever prayed for a man who, who was quadriplegic by diagnosis. He had fallen out of a tree and he had broken his neck. And he was a little out of our area. 
And when I went, when I first started to pray for him, what struck me is that this man was in running shorts. Like here he is, a quadriplegic in the hospital, wearing running shorts and a tank top. And I never saw him wearing a hospital gown or robe. His faith was that strong, and he would not even let me near him if I, you know, I had to be a believer, I had to be somebody who, you know, was going to be completely conformed to the Lord as he was. And this man's faith was so amazing, he was walking. He was able to, to he, the running shorts were absolutely, <laughs> he walked right into his running shorts. The Lord healed him. On the other hand, I prayed for people who were the exact opposite of this man. Um, one of my favorite patients who I only got to pray for a few times was a criminal who was a, who was a thief, he was a robber. And um, he was, you know, a, a very, you know, he was a bad guy. He, he, he was really funny. He was actually pretty funny. But um, he was not a, really a believer. And he had been a criminal, and he had been in and out of juvenile court, and he had, you know, incarcerations. And he just kept on going. He kept on, you know, being a thief, a robber. And... When I prayed for him, this was his time of shifting in the Lord. Not only did the Lord heal him, where after a prayer to here he is, he's paralyzed, he's doing push-ups. He's doing incredible athletic things in the hospital. And he had the only reason he was in the hospital is he was robbing, he was doing a robbery and he fell out of a building and he broke, he broke his spine. And so he was paralyzed. He was completely paralyzed. And it wasn't like he was so bad God didn't love him because God loves everybody. So God um, healed him and he healed his heart. And he, he, again, when the Lord touches you, you're never the same. When he heals you this way... So this man was discharged really fast. I only got to be with him a few times because he was walking, doing push-ups. I've never seen anything like it. I've seen a lot of people walk in the hospitals who were paralyzed. I've never seen them doing the number of push-ups that he was doing. It was like, how are you doing this? And he, he um, reconciled with his family, who he hadn't talked to in 20 years since, since he was a kid. So the, I love how the Lord will come in and heal the whole person. That is one of the beautiful things that he showed me in doing all the hospital ministry, was that he wasn't only bringing people back from death, but he was healing all of them. He was healing relationships. He was bringing them to him. He was healing their heart. He was giving them a new start. So that was very touching to me. He showed me the importance of praying for the whole person. He showed me that we are more than just a part. We're not a frozen shoulder or a sore back or a, or a person with a heart attack. We are, we are a whole beautiful child to him that he loves. And he wants the whole of us healed. So I learned that I had to pray that way. I had to pray into the whole person. If I didn't pray into the whole person, I wasn't giving that person what they really needed in prayer. And in the medical field, we just do regard people more as parts. 
I mean, that's how we talk about patients. You know, you're the heart attack in the cardiac intensive care, or you're the atrial fib and the congestive heart failure, or you're the, you know, the, the person who's had third-degree burns or, or whatever. So we don't tend to relate to people that way, the way that God relates to us. And it was really precious in the hospital to see the Lord coming in and healing people that way. Um, so he went way beyond just saving lives. He elevated lives. He uplifted lives. And I did see amazing things. For those of you that know nothing about my ministry, I saw third-degree burns fall off of people's bodies. I saw limbs grow in the ICU. I saw um, one of my favorite patient, other patients was a man who was in his mid-80s who had a shriveled-up, paralyzed, tiny little half-arm. And that is not why he was in the ICU. We don't put people in the ICU because they had a shriveled-up little paralyzed arm, which he probably had since he was born. Because his daughter told me that he had always had the arm this way. So he was not in the hospital for that. He was in the hospital for other things. But when I prayed over him, the amazing thing was that the Lord grew his arm out. And so he had two matching arms. And one of the funnest things about this healing was that here's a man in his middle 80s who looks very drawn and, and you know, very... Um, little, he didn't look, he's in the ICU on top of it, so he looked very kind of withered and little, but the Lord gave him a big, huge, muscular 20-year-old arm, <laughs> a big, beautiful arm, <laughs> and, and it, looked, it didn't look like the rest of his body, it was, it was, so he obviously had some big plans for this man, <laughs> and and the man was so excited about it that every time I'd see him in the ICU, he'd show his arm off. He would, I have pictures of him lifting his arm and moving his arm around, and it was completely paralyzed. So it was so awesome. And it was big and tan and beautiful. And <laughs> where did he get this? <laughs> Only the Lord. So, so I saw amazing, amazing things, things I'll never forget. Um, and, and people healing from surgery where they would get moved around from ward to ward and they would heal so fast. I would, you know, literally like every day they were in another, you know, another part of the hospital to heal. Um, I remember one man that I prayed for who was terminally ill. With a con He had a lot of organ system failure. He was in lung failure. He was in liver failure. He had a condition called esophageal varices. I don't know if any of you have ever heard that term. Anybody here have heard it? A few people, but not a lot. So you get that when you're in liver failure, like end-stage alcoholics, for example, can get it if you're just in super end-stage failure. What happens is you get back up of the blood that the liver should be filtering into the um, esophageal blood vessels. Remember, the esophagus takes food from the mouth to the stomach. So you get a backup, and it's a very serious issue because these varices rupture and they burst, and you bleed to death. That's what happens. You literally, it's a medical crisis. It's an emergency. 
So he had esophageal varices, he was jaundiced, he had, his eyes looked terrible. You know, they were like, the blood vessels were all burst, he was jaundiced. Um, his wife wanted me to pray for him. She told me he was on the way out. There were a lot of people there, a lot of friends praying for him. So I went in to pray for him and he looked terrible. I mean, he was hooked up to, you know, a ton of IVs, just the way I described him. And I prayed over him and then I left and he had wonderful friends who were praying with me. You know, they, they were standing in agreement for all the, the medical prayer that I was doing for him. And then I went back the next day and the man had disappeared. And I thought that he had passed on, you know, like he had been in the ICU, maybe he had gone to the Lord. But I, when I asked for the man, one of the doctors at the hospital looked at me and said, he's not here. And then the doctor said, and that is not a bad thing. So I knew something was up. So he was now, the next day, out of the ICU, he was in the open ward. And when I walked in, I just was in shock. This man is out of bed, there's no IVs, he's sitting up, giving me a big smile, and all of the jaundice, the, the, the blood, the pop blood vessels in his eyes, everything had disappeared. Like literally overnight, the Lord had taken everything away. It was the most amazing healing. And, and so I've just come to absolutely have total faith in, in the Lord for, for these healings. I do want to mention that when he has me pray, what I do is a very unusual kind of prayer. Because coming from the medical field, I pray medically into people. And even doctors don't tend to pray this way necessarily. A lot of doctors that I have talked to will do more blessings and comfort kind of prayers. Um, I've spoken to surgeons, heart surgeons, um, urologists, different surgeons who literally will pray before they operate on their patient and they will pray for a good outcome. You know, they'll pray for, you know, the patient to get through the procedure and to heal quickly, but they don't pray for the miracle. And that's a little bit more unusual. I know, if, I know a small number of doctors who do this, but even in my field, the doctors who pray, pray more um, chaplaincy kind of prayers. So he had me pray down every single chemical pathway that was relevant to that person because he has such an intricate design of the human body. And because I'm trained in the field and, and I, know, I know how he designed all, each and every one of us, I can pray that way. I can pray down the pathways as well as praying spiritually. So I'll pray for the physiology, I'll pray for the, the, chemi the chemical pathways, but I pray for the heart, I pray for the soul. That's where you pray for the whole person. So it's, it's been a very unique way to pray and it's been very helpful for a lot of people who kind of fall between the cracks where they haven't healed medically. Of course, we don't heal people anyway medically, but they're still suffering. They're still, they're still not doing as well as they'd like. And, and then we have people on the other side who are pastors 
who, who are so equipped in the Lord, they're coming from total love. They understand inner healing. They understand so many things of the Lord. They know the scriptures. They, they know the Lord, but they don't know the body. They, they don't know necessarily, you know, what is an esophageal varicine. They don't know necessarily what the spleen does. So we've had the two groups just being separate. And we each have like a half loaf here and a half loaf here. And what, what the Lord would really like, what he's showing me is he wants to bring this all together. He wants pastors who pray, who are brilliant, who know the human body. And he wants doctors to have more heart and to pray for people. He wants us to join together. And I didn't realize this at the time. When I first started the work I was doing, I just was profoundly grateful that I got to see so many amazing miracles of the Lord. But I didn't realize there was sort of a plan. And the plan is kind of amazing. Because um, a few years ago, he had us start a social media page, which I did, and the page has... Which, which started very poorly. It started with 10 people. I always joke about what a loser the page was and how much I hated the page and I didn't like the page. And, and I really didn't. It was like a real drag to do the page because nobody liked it. Nobody wanted to be my friend. <laughs> I didn't have any friends. <laughs> I would beg my own friends and they wouldn't like the page. So <laughs> I couldn't even get my friends to like the page. So... But I was doing things that were secular with the page, you know, healthy living things. They, they were really cool things, you know, healthy cookies, healthy ice cream, you know, exercise tips. But then after a little while, the Lord guided me to really, really focus on him with the page, which was ridiculous. I should have done that from the beginning. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> like, as soon as I did that, the page took off, and we were getting hundreds of people an hour coming on the page. We went from 10 people to having, sometimes I do a post with a half million people coming on the page. Imagine a page with 10 people where you're getting a half million people showing up for a post or 800,000 people. So we, we have a page now that has about a million, 200,000 followers. We've had millions of people on the page, millions and millions. It's been an amazing page. It's all for the Lord now. And he's brought m millions of people to us also for prayer. So he showed me that there, what the need was out there for, for this kind of work. And... Again, it was always this whole person healing. It's so crucial. So we'd have people wanting prayer for, you know, the worst illnesses, in, you know, stage four cancers and, you know, all kinds of bad things. But a lot of people would just come on in pain and misery and suffering, like bad family relationships, um, suffering from a job that they had been fired from or they weren't getting along with their boss or their kids wouldn't talk to them, they hadn't seen their grandkids or addiction issues, just every kind of way that the enemy can make people totally miserable because that's what he wants to do. His whole 
His whole purpose is to just make each and every one of us completely and totally miserable and to suffer. That's all he cares about. So I was seeing so much of this coming through the page. And then the Lord was speaking to me and saying that he really is bringing us into a time of revival. I was very excited reading about the Azusa Street Revival when I was first ordained and all the amazing revivals, you know, Toronto and all these amazing things. And then the Lord was saying, we're going to have a revival here in the... In the, in the the godless center of the, of the United States. The center where nobody loves God. The Bay Area where everybody chases technology and, and follows false gods and prays to false idols. We're going to have a huge revival here. Yes, we are. Absolutely. The hugest revival the United States has ever seen is going to be here. And it's starting and a, a year ago, he said, one of my jobs, because I'm just, you know, we're all pieces of this. There's no one person. It's, a, it's, a, it's something the Lord is doing throughout the area. But my job was to bring the medical. And he said he wanted to start training people and, and equipping people. So a few months ago, we just started to do a pilot program where we're, we are teaching people about the body. We have, the, most of the people in our pilot program are from ministry. They're prayer intercessors, they're ministers. We do have some people who are ill, who've come in, who just want to be healthy. Um, and so um, we have 14 medical doctors who for, since April have been teaching people about their bodies. And it's been awesome. All the ministers who've been in our program are starting to have, however good they've been, it's even better because they're now praying from authority and wisdom, which the Lord likes. He likes love more than anything, but he wants us to have the wisdom and the authority. So I'm, I'm loving to, that the students are praying with more and more authority and they're getting healthier. The students themselves are getting healthier and the people they pray for, they're seeing more and more miracles. And it was really fun because they prayed for me the other day. I didn't ask them to, but, and they were giving me back all the things I had taught them. So, you know, they're praying over my hippocampus, and they're praying over my um, amygdala. <laughs> they're praying over all the different parts of me. And, and you know, I was clapping for them because they're, they're, they're learning all of this um, and using it. It's amazing. And then I'm teaching the prayer healing ministry class which is a little different approach to the, the body. It's not the way the, doc, the other doctors are doing the anatomy and the physiology by, by, um, by system of the body. I'm doing it by process. I'm teaching um, how the Lord puts it all together so that you can be prayed for foundationally. And let's say you have pain in the body, which is pain and fatigue are the two most common symptoms that we see medically in practice. Like a lot of people are tired. How many of you would like more energy? Oh my goodness, like everybody in this place would like more energy. <laughs> That's great. And some of you have pain? Well, a lot of people could, would like relief of pain. So um, what, I, what I've been teaching in that class is how the Lord 
on a process level um, creates healing of pain. So you're not just going, you know, eliminating pain in the name of Jesus, where you just pray against the pain. But if you've had prayer and you've been on medication and it's still not enough, which I see with a lot of people, a lot of times the pain meds are not good enough. And so the Lord has shown me to pray from where the pain originates, wherever it is, whether it's in your mind, whether it's mental and emotional pain, which often goes together with physical pain, or it's in an internal organ, like, you know, asthma when you, when you breathe and you get, you know, pain from breathing, or, or you have angina from heart disease. Or if it's internal or it's external, it's on the surface, it's in your muscles or in your skin, wherever. The Lord has shown me to train the students in how to um, take that from the origin all the way up to the brain because the pain comes from the brain. You feel like it's in your body, but it's coming from the brain. You've got to heal these things. Part of the reason people do not heal is because, again, they get half the loaf. You pray against the pain. They might even have inner healing. The churches are awesome with inner healing. They're magnificent. But the parts of you that manage pain within the brain, for example, are completely injured and traumatized. And nobody's ever prayed over those things. So you're walking around with, with a partial loaf where, where parts of you that got traumatized need to be healed. So it's good to, to bring it together. And then, then you're genuinely healed from top to bottom, inside, outside. So, so that's what I'm teaching in our program. And we're actually going to be moving it toward um, more of a, a video program. I'll never be able to get 14 doctors together again. Um, one of them is from Idaho. She, she came in to teach endocrinology. Another one's from Reading. So we're, we have all of this on video. So if any of you are interested, we're, I'm just finishing these classes up now, but it's all on video. It's awesome material. We are the only program in the entire country that is doing medical spiritual ministry. I don't know of a single other program that's teaching this. Um, and then I'm also doing um, audio downloads for people who have strongholds where if you need to be prayed over for hours a day, over and over again, and there's nobody around who can do that. As much as I would love to do that, I, I, I'm not able to do it. So I've been doing these audio downloads where you can be prayed over medically and spiritually over and over and over again and, and just crush the strongholds. So these are some things that I've been doing. And if you're interested in any of them, I just put some little flyers in the back that give our website. So this is just if you're interested in this kind of thing. Um, so I do kind of a variety of things. Um, I do various forms of, you know, personal healing for people in different, com different ways and the audio downloads and the school videos. So if any of you are interested, just you can go back there and see. So what I want to do now is really turn the attention to, to what's the most special and the most precious, and that is the Lord. 
And um, I think we had just a few announcements for upcoming events because um, the slideshow was put together by my good friend Ted Haas, who's from Harvest Evangelism. And he, they're very good friends. And we're actually, um, I do a lot with their ministry. In October, there's going to be a global conference in San Jose. So I just wanted to show you all that that's going to be that week. So it's not that far away anymore. It's a couple months. I'll be teaching a class on Monday, um, you know, the medical ministry. And then they have a lot of interesting speakers from all over the world. So I just wanted to share that with you all. And then we can go to the next slide. And then we're going to be doing um, in San Jose and Oakland um, what they call Night of Transformation and Miracles. And that's Dr. Ed Silvoso. And that's doc, um, Dr. Sonny Lara. Do any of you know him? He is, for those of you who don't, he is awesome. He was in jail for 19 years. And now he's a man of God and he has an incredible ministry. And he's so much fun. He always tells people about jail. <laughs> he has more jail stories. There, it's, it's, it's a never-ending well of stories. He, he came to the Lord in jail and he's really awesome to listen to. And he's really a good friend. And then, and then myself. So we all have different things. Oh, these are just the, um, the audio downloads. That's, that's what they look like, and that's our website. So now we, I want to go to Miracle Stories. Oh, and just to let you know, um, in terms of the events with Harvest Evangelism, I'll be at Jubilee Church next week. And I'll be... Um, they've asked me to do their morning service, but then in the evening um, with Harvest Evangelism, we're going to have a healing event. And that's the other thing I do want to mention before I do the miracle stories, that where the Lord is taking me now is to be all over the Bay Area doing healing clinics. That's what my heart is for, is to bring this to people, um, not just people who are, you know, facing death in the hospital, or, but but I'm really meant to go out to people all over the Bay Area. And that's why I'm so happy to be here tonight, because this is precious to be here at Blazing Fire, such a wonderful church. And, and Pastor Brent and Pastor Suzanne are like the best, most loving, caring people imaginable. It's such a joy to be here. So that's where this ministry is going. We're coming to all of you. That's where we're coming. So here's some, here's some testimonies. So, um, so this is a little boy who I prayed over um, starting a few months ago. And he, like everybody else pretty much that I have testimonies of, were, he was hopeless. I've, I've picked pictures of just wonderful things in the Lord. And he was a year and a half when I first prayed for him. And as you can see, he's, he's very introverted. He was born um, neurologically impaired. He was born brain impaired. So he didn't have a lot going for him. He wasn't a little boy who was ever going to go through normal developmental stages. When I met him, he could not walk or sit up. He's a year and a half old. He did not know he had a mother and a father. He, he didn't do what normal kids do, which is run around and 
you know, explore and chase things. He just was like a little blob of, of a little baby blob who did nothing except scream. The only thing he would do was he would drool and he would scream, but he wouldn't interact with anything. And he cannot sit up. You, you can see he's, he cannot sit up. His mother is holding him. The family was not believers. The mother is a new baby Christian, but they're a Hindu family. The family, they're computer software engineers. And, and they tried when he was first born, and it was obvious when the little boy was six to eight months that things just weren't right. And they brought him to a pediatric neurologist, and they were just given very bad news all the way along, all the medical care that they, they had for him. He never improved. There was nothing they could do for this little child. And, and the doctors told the parents he would always need caretaker. He would never be able to do anything on his own. And so it was very bitter for them. They were very upset. They tried everything. They did bring him back to India. They did try to have the Hindu priests do rituals over the child, and it was a zero. Like, their idols didn't heal the, <laughs> did not heal this little boy. So once the mother came back and became a Christian, um, she started looking for answers within her new faith. And she came to realize that the greatest healer that has ever been was Jesus. So she knew that this was the path. There was something there, maybe for her son. So she approached me um, and, and asked if I would pray for the little boy. And, and I did pray for him. And, and it was kind of rough going when I first started praying for him because he was stretched over kind of a, you know, a, kind of a long chair because he couldn't sit up. And he's screaming and yelling. He's drooling. He's like, oh, my goodness, Lord, please help this little child. So I started to pray. I started to pray for a new brain, a new nervous system. Um, I started to pray very de- in a very detailed way into all of the things that, you know, weren't happening with him. And then... Um, he started to shift. Um, he, his screaming stopped, um, the drooling stopped, and his muscle tone started to shift. And then the next slide shows him after the prayer. <laughs> now that's an awesome, only God, <laughs> only God can do this. So he went from being a blob who was hopeless Two, the most incredible little child. So within a week, he, he st- the next pictures are within a week. Look at him. This is within a week. He's exploring the world around him. And then these are very short order. He's sitting up. He's moving furniture. Go ahead. We can go to more pictures. Um, there he is standing with his mom. His, and his mom loves nothing more than... S- She'll show up sometimes at conferences and pick him up and show him off. She loves to show him off. Here's what the Lord did. Here's what the Lord did. So there he is looking at a picture book. There's his mom. And look at the, the next one. Look at the love on his face for his mother. Look at that. He went from not even knowing there was a mom there to just being totally in love with his mom. It's so sweet. And I keep getting pictures from her all the time. I just got some last week. 
And there he is driving a little car. He's just barely two years old, and he's got a life back. And he loves his mom. It's so precious. And when I first prayed for this little boy, the Lord, you know about all about how the signs and wonders work. He poured gold dust out onto, onto us during the first couple of sessions when I was praying for this little child. So he... We were covered in, I had gold dust all over my hands. It was like really cool. So, so let's go to the next one. Okay, so here we are in the ICU. For those of you that have been in ICUs, this is familiar territory. And so you're seeing monitors, you're seeing IVs. Look at there's IVs. You're seeing a man whose legs are all taped and but what's unusual is look at what his face is doing. Like, you know how people in the ICU, they're unconscious, they're in coma, they're frowning? This man has a huge smile on his face. Like, this is not normal. And he is waving. Now, he's one of the quadriplegics that I prayed over. So, this is a man. Look at the smile. Look at the happiness and the joy. Right there in the ICU, this is a man who had just come into the ICU. Now his story, again, it's just this precious love of the Lord. Non-believer. This man was an atheist and, and having a very, you know, life that was not good in a lot of ways. And he's not from our area. He's from north of our area. And his story that I heard from both him and his wife was that they were not getting along at all. They had a broken marriage, a very broken family situation. And they didn't have the Lord to turn to. There wasn't Christian counselors. They just were fighting all the time. Fighting and feuding and squabbling. It was really bad. And he became quadriplegic because he, he left the house. They had the fight of all fights. And he ran out of the house and he got into their truck and he, they're in a kind of a hilly area and he's driving 90 miles an hour. It's almost midnight, like crazy driving. And he flips the truck over and the truck is completely totaled. I've seen this, but I've seen other patients like this. I've seen pictures of completely totaled trucks, but the Lord preserved his life, barely. Because this man was thrown out onto a rock pile and, um, but he wasn't dead, but he broke every bone in his neck. So, you know, we all hear about Christopher Reeves. This man was worse than Christopher Reeves. He broke everything. And so they, they airlifted him when, they, when he was found at midnight by helicopter, air ambulance to the hospital. They did surgery on him. They put rods in, all kinds of hardware, which is very common. And, um, and then he was brought down to the Bay Area, and he was in the ICU. His wife had no idea he almost died. Nobody contacted her for three days. She just thought her husband was off, you know, in rage and not wanting to have anything to do with the family. She had no idea he almost lost his life. So once she was notified, she came down here, and this... This is just a few days of in the ICU. The Lord healed this man so fast that in four days he was out of the ICU and in rehab. And 
for those of you that are, don't know anything about my ministry, he gave one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. He told me that the doctors told him, you're healing too fast. He freaked out the doctors. Like, no, don't do this. Don't do it. <laughs> but he did it. And he walked out of the hospital with just a knee brace. And, oh, there he is. That's when he first started to lift his leg and he first started to wave. Those are pictures of him just starting to do this. He walked out of the hospital. It was beautiful. He and his wife reconciled. He's a complete believer. His whole life is now dedicated to the Lord. So here's another picture. Now this, we can go to the next picture. So this is a teenager who is a believer. And um, his back is to the camera. But what you're seeing is a teenager that I prayed over who had been in a dirt biking accident in, down in the South Bay. And he had broken his neck, and it was a fairly high fracture. It went all the way up to C3, which is pretty high fracture. And he came in completely bruised, bloody. Um, he was, you know, a mess. And he was, had broken his neck. So um, he had no function. And the parents were believers, and they, you know, it was a wonderful experience to pray with, for him. And um, Claire, where are you? Claire was there. She's a Christian counselor. She happened to be at the hospital the day that he walked. And she reminded me that she was there when he walked for the first time, and the parents, I mean, I must have gotten like a hundred hugs. They were really meant for the Lord. <laughs> but I was the next thing there <laughs> who had prayed for him. So I, I got like a ton of hugs. And it's funny, Claire always loves to remind me about the fact that she was there when he first walked. And here he is with the hospital staff. But the most precious thing about this was last, this this last fall, um, the mom and I were in communication, and she sent me new pictures. So here he is, next picture, quadriplegic climbing mountains. So he's at the top of a mountain. And there he is with his mom. At the t next picture, he's at the top of a mountain, big smiles, he's with his mom. So this is what the Lord can do. It's really precious. So let's go to the next picture. Okay, this is a really special picture. Um, I'll give you some history on this. Um, I was at Cathedral of Faith recently um, doing ministry for the church. Um, we had one of the nights that Dr. Ed Silvoso had, had done, but I was preaching the whole weekend. And when I preached on Saturday, the grandmother of this little girl who I hadn't seen, I had lost contact with the family, came up to me and burst into tears. And, and I was doing all the services on Sunday, and so she got up and she showed pictures and testified with the story that I'm going to share with you now. So it was really precious. I was just um, reunited with the family. So what happened with the family is that the father was driving, his name is Darius, 
and he was driving Anna Leah, who's a little five-year-old at the time, not that long ago, and um, they had a car accident, a really bad car accident. And the father broke his femur, you know, the big long bone of the leg, the biggest bone in the body. He broke all his pelvic bones, so he was in very bad shape. He was um, in a lot of pain, he couldn't move, but he started walking in the hospital. I was praying with him. And then the grandmother, the one who came up to me at the church, asked me if I would pray for the little girl, this little girl. So she was in the pediatric ICU and she was in coma. She did not break her neck, she did not break her, you know, lower body bones like her father, but she had such a severe injury to her brain that she was in a coma. And she had, it looked like a very bad outcome. What they had to do was they had to drill a hole through her skull and it, a burr hole that they stick a tube in to take out blood and fluid or the intracranial pressure would destroy the brain. So she ha had a tube in the brain and um, she, you can see she's, she's being given oxygen and her arm is broken, she has a fracture, she broke her jaw. She was a very badly damaged little girl. And she was not getting any better. There was real concern that this coma would just, you know, be prolonged and that she would never, she could be permanently brain damaged. So um, I went into the pediatric ICU and I prayed for her. And the Lord was, was amazing. She very quickly came out of the coma. And the Lord healed her so fast. We can go to the next. You can see she's still in the cast. But he moved, she moved to the open ward, and look at her. Look at the difference. And she was discharged a, a month before was expected. She healed so quickly. And I think I have a picture. Let's go to the... Yeah, there's her dad, and there she is, little princess with her, her little crown. And that's the dad, and that's the daughter, and the Lord. He, they're both fine. They're both fine. So... This was very touching to me. Um, I had a few extra pictures that Grandma sent me that I didn't have time to put into the slide presentation, but I have another one from the ICU that is very sobering. It's not a happy picture at all. So this is wonderful. Um, so let's go ahead to the next one. Okay, so this is a little girl who was at one of my the healing events, and she's a precious little girl who's got um, a cancerous tumor that was blinding her in one eye. So um, she was, you know, completely blind in one eye. The other eye was okay, but really needing prayer. And so when I was praying over the, the congregation, like we're going to be doing tonight, because we do see a lot of healing miracles. I mean, and then the prayer teams come up. So people are being prayed for both ways. They're being prayed for throughout the congregation and then they're getting individual prayers. It's like, it's like, it's like two pieces of bread and a sandwich filling. You're getting prayer <laughs> lots of different ways. But it's really effective. And, and, and she unblinded during this time. And, um, and so, 
so they, 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 we closed the eye that could see. We, you know, we shielded it, and she could read from a book that she couldn't do before. So it was really precious. The mom, you can see the mom was in tears. She was so happy. And, and when they went back to the eye doctor, there's, there's nothing for them to do. She was healed. Um, another, another testimony. I didn't bring this woman's picture tonight, but another similar kind of testimony was, um, again, doing this kind of corporate prayer and, and then individual prayer. Um, one of the women sitting in the audience, or in the congregation, the church family, um, turned out she was visually impaired and seriously losing her vision from glaucoma. And during the time of prayer, she felt a pop in the back of her head, and all of a sudden her vision cleared. I've seen this many times, by the way. I've seen where vision just kind of clears, even with corporate prayer. And, and so she went back to her eye doctor, and they, they she said they apologized to her. They, they couldn't find any. Like, it's not, they, there was nothing there. There was nothing there. I, I love it when the Lord um, does this. <laughs> there was one student at Stanford I prayed over, who was a freshman, who was part of our ministry there, who had, he had just been in school for a few months. It was just, you know, early this year. And he was coming up on, you know, the Christmas break. And so he came up to me and asked me to pray for him, and he was just a total disaster. He was very close, he said, to dropping out of school. He had severe asthma. He couldn't breathe. He was on, you know, inhalers, rescue inhaler. Um, he was having panic attacks, anxiety. He was so severely um, fatigued. He had EB virus. He was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, and and he was told by the, you know, by the doctors he saw at Stanford that his titers were really high. They were off the chart, and. Um, so I prayed over him, and then I didn't see him again. We went on holiday break. And when we came back to school and we started up the ministry, he came up to me, and I love it when I don't recognize people. <laughs> he looked so good and so strong. He had been backpacking. He got healed really fast. And he went back, and, and what he shared with the ministry, was that um, a sample of blood, when he went back, had been, um, you know, frozen, and, and they reran the blood. They couldn't find a trace of the infection. It's like the Lord didn't, not only healed him, the Lord healed the blood that was outside of his body. So it, it's amazing what the Lord can do. I've seen him take MRIs and change them, where the doctor, the radiologist reads it one way, and then the Lord heals it, and then it's looked at again, and then you don't have this. <laughs> You're, you have a totally normal, um, you know, x-ray, a totally normal MRI. So the Lord can do anything. So um, let's go to the next slide. Okay, this is a video. Yeah, this is Jeffrey, and, and uh, the Thanks, Lord has yeah. just been doing an amazing healing with him. He, 
was wheelchair bound when I first met him and he's he's starting to walk and it's a beautiful thing to see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this is Jeffrey's story. Um, Remember how he, he was he, wobbly? He was yeah, born with so, so, much yeah, so he was born with the worst cerebral palsy I have ever seen. Um, he was completely wheelchair bound and he was blind. So he didn't have a lot of he didn't have a lot of, you know, opportunity with his life. And the mom told me that nothing could be done for him. He had never improved. Um, the father had to quit his job and caretake him full-time. The mom was working. And um, he was really hard to pray over because he, he was so severely compromised from the cerebral palsy that he was agitated, and I couldn't even lay hands on him. He was just flailing and flinging his arms around. And you, you, there wasn't even 15 seconds where, this, where Jeffrey wasn't like this. It was, he was just neurologically a disaster. So he'd never walked. And he hadn't been, they couldn't school him in the normal way because he couldn't see. So, um, so I laid hands on him and I started to pray into him neurologically. I started to pray into his brain, his nervous system. And it was clear that things were, were starting to shift with him. And I have prayed for him a few times. I love progressive prayer. It doesn't matter to me if the Lord heals you in one healing or, or if you need ten. It does not matter. The Lord has his own timing and his own way of doing it. And I never question it. it doesn't, I've seen tons of people heal with one prayer. And I've seen people like Jeffrey who've needed progressive prayer. But the Lord's always moving the person ahead. So this was a video of him getting out of the wheelchair and starting to walk. And I was at Convergence House of Prayer um, doing a healing clinic in Fremont just recently, like a week or so ago. And Jeffrey was in the front row, no wheelchair at all. He came in walking. He was completely, instead of all this, you know, stuff, completely focused. His vision has come back. And for the first time... His mom and dad are able to show him iPads and books, and for the first time they're going to be able to start teaching him through vision. So that's what the Lord did. You were just seeing when he was just getting out of the wheelchair. So um, it was really precious. That's his mom, that's Dancia, an awesome mom. So let's go ahead to the next... um, Okay, this is a really, really amazing story. And um, I think this is the last of the slides, but I really wanted to end with this. this. This is so much of the time we live in because this is a girl from the Middle East. You're looking at a girl who comes from that part of the world. And like many people in that part of the world, she had an extremely difficult life maybe worse than some. Um, She was orphaned. She lost um, both her dad and her mom very young. Before the age of eight, she was orphaned. And look at the look on her face. I mean, this is a very sad-looking girl you're looking at. There is not a glimmer of hope in in her face. So she was captured by radical Islamists. 
And the church that took her in told me it was ISIS. But somebody else said it was the Taliban. All I know is she was captured by radical Islamists and they cut her leg off. So what you're seeing is a picture of a girl who doesn't have a leg. They were going to cut her other leg off. They trafficked her. So she was sex trafficked. Every, it was, she just had a miserable life. She was a miracle that she wasn't killed. I mean, so many people are killed. And um, so, so this was how she was. And, and she had been so tormented and abused that she was like suicidal depression. She, she was able to come to this country. She is a Muslim. You are looking at a girl who is not a believer. She's a Muslim. But she was taken in by a Middle Eastern church in our area. And they loved her. And they, they cared for her. And she spent all her time just suicidally depressed in a little dark room, just asking God to kill her and take her out of her misery. She did not want to live. She did not want to have life. And so if she wasn't, she spent most of her time in a little room. But then she would go over to the church and people would pray for her. And they were very kind. They're wonderful people. Um, I have a good relationship with the church. And so she was getting a lot of prayer. And the strongholds were so big with her that she just needed a lot. She needed a lot of budging. And she hadn't had any medical prayer. That was the one thing she wasn't getting. So I got a call from the elder of the church and the main administrator, and they, they asked me if I would um, pray for her because um, they're, they're, a part, they're a church partner with us. So, so we have a very close relationship. And so I went over there, and it was the... Um, the, the New Year's celebration, not our New Year's, but their New Year's. It's, you know, not, not January. It's well into the spring. And so they were having a New Year's celebration when I went over there. And people are celebrating and happy, and it was a beautiful buffet and wonderful music and joy. Everybody's singing and happy, and they're all in the main sanctuary. And this is how she looked, just without hope. She's telling me all her story, so sad. So I started to pray over her, and she was in excruciating pain and misery because where they had chopped her leg off, she was completely infected. She hadn't healed well. She was throwing blood clots, and um, the other leg was infected, and her whole body was infected. She had dental abscesses. She was... Um, she had pain all over her upper body, and nothing helped her. She's like a lot of pain patients. She, you know, she was on heavy-duty pain meds, but she was in ex severe pain. Plus, it was mental pain. You can't, with somebody like this, just pray for their physical body. The, the pain is coming from both places. The pain centers in our brain regulate emotional and physical pain. You cannot divide the two. It's impossible. You cannot do that. So I prayed for her in, in every way. And all the pain started to go away. 
and the dental pain was the last thing, and, and her mood was starting to heal. And here she is after. That's her after picture, right after I prayed for her. So you can see the difference. And the, the beautiful thing was that she... I, I didn't have a chance to actually meet with her again. I was supposed to meet with her again, but we talked on the phone. And um, Ted Haas, who did, the, who did all these pictures, who's my friend from Harvest Evangelism, was one of the people praying for her, who was praying the spiritual prayers, but, but she hadn't gotten any of the medical prayers at the time. So he knew her really well. And after she went through and had this healing, he shared, not only with me, he was actually at a pastor's group, he shared this with a bunch of pastors, that she came into the church building and he did not even know who she was. And he had been praying over her regularly, and he didn't recognize her. He, who is this happy, smiling girl? And um, so she came up to him, and he sort of recognized her. He thought, well, maybe it's a cousin. He said, maybe it's a cousin. <laughs> then he realized, oh, it's her. And she was happy and giggling. That's how he described her. And um, when I've talked to her on the phone, she, she, sounded, she sounded good. She said, you know, I'm not having any pain. Uh, my physical body is feeling good. Um, even the church had told me that the clots had disappeared. I heard that from the church afterwards. So anyway, I wanted to end with this because this is such a, such a nice, joyful healing. And, and I think it's a nice way to end the pictures with the before and the big, joyful after picture in the Lord. So let me see how we're doing time-wise. So my understanding from Pastor Brent is that we're going to dedicate the rest of the evening to prayer, which is really special. And what I'm going to do is um, Pastor Brent asked me to, to start to pray for a few minutes over all of you, and then he's going to be bringing up the prayer team, and I'm going to continue praying. And I want to share with all of you, because we are a group here, um, each and every one of you, you know, I saw the hands go up on how tired everybody is, <laughs> and I saw the, the hands going up for pain, and every one of you is different. Each one of you has a different mental, physical, emotional issue. And so what I want to do is, because we can't go down all the chemical pathways for every single specific issue of everybody, I want to start to set up a really good foundation for each of you. And that's a very precious thing to do. So when I do my prayers, um, I'm going to set up a physiological chemical foundation um, on a cellular level, the level of the DNA, the level of your brain, which regulates everything. And given time, I will start praying into specific conditions, like cancer and autoimmunity and you know neurological issues because a lot of these issues have things in common it doesn't matter in the end if you have cancer in your liver or you have breast cancer or esophageal cancer cancer is cancer and it and all cancer has certain things in common and you want to crush it 
You don't, it doesn't matter if it's in your, you know, your bones in your liver or if it's in your breast and your lungs. You want to crush the spirit of cancer and you want to crush how it gets into everybody. Doesn't matter if it's a carcinoma or a sarcoma or a leukemia or a lymphoma. There are certain things these all have in common. So I want to make sure that these get prayed for. It's really important to do that. Um, all cancer has genetic mutations. It's really important to pray into that. So I think it's one of the reasons people don't heal. They keep relapsing. They, they might go into remission. They relapse or a whole new cancer comes up because they never had that level corrected. So what we call the spirit of cancer or just the way that the cancer has damaged your very, the very, you know, DNA of your body, the chromosomes, um, that needs to be repaired. The cellular metabolism needs to be repaired. So there's just some foundational things. And what I think I'm going to start with in just a second is everybody's heart. Yes, I'm going to be praying medically for all of you, but if your heart is healed, you are 50% healed. The devil cannot harm a person who is completely flowing with the love of the Lord. And that's what the enemy does with everybody. He, he doesn't just come against your body, he comes against your mind. And it's very important. Sometimes I will start with the brain, sometimes I'll start with the cells, but it's really important to spend a few minutes and begin with the healing of the mind. Because when you are in joy and in love and in peace of mind, that is not fertile soil for the enemy to create illness. I've seen these instantaneous miracle healings when, when the person's mind is strong. Like one of the things I've just started sharing with people who have cancer, and any of you who have cancer here tonight, people get so victimized by cancer, they get so overwhelmed by the concept of cancer, like cancer is eating me alive. I have cancer, you know, the doctors will tell you, I'm a doctor, I know, you know, they'll say you have cancer all over your body, you have stage four cancer, you have advanced cancer. Well, I pray for stage four cancers, and I prayed for a woman today who was 165 pounds with stage four cancer, and her cancer doesn't even weigh an ounce hardly. Like people are being so intimidated by things that don't even, they're not even 1% of their body. Like you have to remember with cancer, most of you doesn't have it. Like most of you is okay. This woman was completely okay in most of her body and she's going around like this because she's got stage four cancer that is so little. You know, the progression of her disease, her, she's in disease progression, so it goes from this big to this big. So you have to put these things in perspective. Wherever your issue is, whether you are in a wheelchair, whether you are suffering from rheumatoid arthritis, or whatever it is, or asthma, most of you is probably doing okay. Even if you have congestive heart failure and high blood pressure and high cholesterol, there's parts of you that are fine. 
And it's really important to focus on those parts of you that are fine because we heal from that. These other things, when you have a, a right-mindedness in the Lord and you really focus on all the things you do have, the rest of you will heal. So let's start to pray together. So, so I'm going to take a few minutes and then Pastor Brent's going to come up. So I want each and every one of you to know that even though I'm doing a corporate prayer, God is in all of us. It's not like I'm praying for a big, you know, mass of people. Every one of you, because it's a prayer to the Lord, is being personally, personally prayed over by Him. I don't even want you to pay attention to your neighbor. I want you to take this as a completely personal prayer for you. This is for you. And, and just know you could be the only person on the, in the entire world, and this is your prayer. So that's what I want you to be focusing on. And just be in a place of comfort. Just be sitting comfortably and put your mind at ease. And it's time for the enemy to just get lost. It's time for the enemy to just go away from your life. And that's why I want to start with the mind, because he cannot get into you if your mind doesn't just allow it. So let's start to pray together. So, Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just love you, Lord, for all of your goodness and your grace and your mercy. You love each and every one of us with a love that is beyond anything that we could ever know. You bring us peace of mind. You bring us joy. Your love enfolds us. You hold each of us in your arms. You hold us to your heart because we are created in your image. So we are precious to you. That is completely scriptural. I love the parts of the Bible that just reinforce how precious we are to the Lord. You are like nothing else. He loves you so much. And I just come against the enemy who wants you to be miserable and suffer and struggle with whatever it is that the enemy has gotten into you. Whether he's done it through a generational curse or a family pattern, because we see a lot of this in the medical field. We call it taking a medical history. In ministry, we call it a generational curse. It's like, everybody in my family has depression. We have three or four people in my family with cancer. Um, panic is in my family. Addictions are in my family. We have alcoholics in the family. This is just the enemy getting into your DNA and finding an easy path to get into the different family members. There's nothing of the Lord in this. So I just crush this in the name of Jesus. Wherever the enemy has gotten into you through family patterns, through generational curses, I just ask, Lord, that you sever, not the family, 
but the, the way that the enemy has gotten into the family. We want to love our family, but we do not want to love what the enemy has done. And so I ask that all of the patterns, if any of you have these things, you probably do on one level or another, the enemy will do it any which way. He'll do it through poverty. He'll do it through bad marriages. He'll do it through addictions. He'll do it through illness. He'll just find ways that he can show you, oh, this is how my family is, so I'm this way. And I come against this in the name of Jesus for each and every one of you. If this is something you've been struggling with or suffering with, this is not of the Lord. And the Lord is only pure love, upliftment. And so I just come against anything the enemy has done to each and every one of you, however he has done it. I crush him in the name of Jesus. I ask that you be completely freed from his evilness and that he is given over to the Lord and taken from you forever. You can heal this part of you instantly. It is your mind. You can own your mind and turn it completely over to the Lord. It does not have to be a slow thing. It can be, and it can be progressive, but you can also just say from this moment on, Lord, you have my mind, you have my heart and my brain. And whatever the enemy has lied to me, telling me I'm a depressive or I'm a bipolar or I'm a person who is anxious all the time, the Lord can lift that from you. And what he wants is that you are in love and in peace and joy. He does not want you to be in pain. He does not want you to live in those lies. And the more you uplift your mind to him and you conform your mind to 1 Corinthians 13 or Philippians 4.8 or any of these parts of the Bible that tell us how to live with our mind. The book of John, Jesus came to give us joy. It's ungodly not to live in joy. So you have to turn your mind over to the Lord. I pray this, Lord, that everybody's mind tonight be turned over to you and that anybody who came in frowning is going to leave smiling. Smiling and laughing. I love, I'm hearing some ha-ha-ha's. Everybody, even if it feels fake, everybody give a big smile and a big laugh. I love, yay, Jesus. Everybody laugh, everybody smile. Yay, the Lord. That's how we're all meant to live. And whatever has been bothering you, give it to the Lord. He will do a better job solving it than we can do. I've learned that. I, you know, you can get all uptight and upset and worried about things, but the Lord will solve it better than we do. Turn it over, even things that are impossible, things that seem like there's no solution. Turn it over to him and be in his joy and his love. The more you conform to him, the more you let him love you, and you love him, the more he will turn your life around even when it seems impossible. He will do it. I did not see all of these people in the hospitals and thousands of people, many thousands that I prayed for, turn their lives around on their own. It was always the Lord doing it. 
And everybody has issues. I have never found the perfect person yet. If one of you here tonight is the perfect person, I ask you to come up (laughs) and make yourself known. You have no pain, no exhaustion, no problems, no family generational curses. Your family is perfect. You are perfect. You've never had a a loss of a friend. I've never met that person. I could be with 10,000 people and nobody's ever come forward. But but if you are here, (laughs) come forward. We have things to learn from you. But, um, but for the rest of us who are people, <laughs> normal people, um, I want, this is a wonderful night to take that joy with you. I don't care what it seems like the devil has done. You have vanquished the devil if you smile and you laugh and you are in joy. You, he cannot, you will heal more quickly. No frowny faces, no sadness. Do not buy into the lies. It's hard. But if you flip back toward that, flip yourself out of it. I pray that for you. And if you're having a hard time with it, come back to every conference I'm doing. I will pray every time into your mood until you are never going to buy into the enemy again. It's it's good. Go, Go to the class that... Um, Pastor Russ and Susan are doing on joy. Um, You cannot reinforce this too much. This is the absolute way you need to heal. You are 50%, you're 75% healed. So now I'm going to go ahead, and I think this is a perfect time to call up the prayer team, and then... Okay, so because I've been to her conferences before, I know what's going to happen, which is she's going to keep praying and praying and praying over different conditions. So if you don't want to come up for individual prayer, no problem. Just sit and soak. Take it in. If you have the time, it is so, so worth it. Prayer teams, come on up. Um, if, if this is you, yeah, we're going to spread you out. This is some of, uh, a lot of the people from our prayer teams, this is some, some of the Bethel students are here, a few of those. Um, so come on up. And then what we're going to do before I hand it back to Dr. Susan is we're going to do Really quick down the line, if anyone has it, is some popcorn, uh, words of knowledge, not actually popcorn, since you're hungry, but meaning quick. So team, really quick, if you have any words of knowledge, make it really quick. So a word of knowledge is just something that God's saying, hey, I'd love to be healing this. He loves to heal everything. So if yours isn't mentioned, no problem, but sometimes it just does something in you. A lot of times people are healed right when it's mentioned. But also, you can actually go up to that person if you want prayer from them, the one that said it. You don't have to go to that person if they said your condition. And the last thing I'll say, because I may not have it before I turn it back, is just please get prayer from several people if you want to. About two years ago, I was healed of plantar fasciitis, which is horrible pain in the bottom of the soles of the feet. And um, there was a prayer team like this, and I went to one person way over here, and I got definite measure of healing and totally felt the Lord's prompting to go to someone way over here and was totally healed. So um, get more than one person to pray for you. That's totally allowed. All right. So uh, prayer team, because there's so many of you, make it really quick. If you have any word of knowledge, we're just going to go down. If you don't have one, no problem. Do you have anything? Chemical imbalance at the beginning. Okay. So you're just going to hear conditions that the Lord's going to heal. Cancer is going to be healed. 
Amen. Headaches. Okay. Kiss and prayer. We're gonna... uh, bone spurs and fused vertebrae. Blood diseases and intricate system. Okay. Uh, I'm, my knee right now, I'm feeling some pain in my knee, so I think there's someone in here that needs prayer for their knee. Okay, so migraines, headaches, especially pain in the front of the head, um, stomach digestion, and left wrist. Hands and feet. Because of the piano behind you, I think. Do you know that? Yeah. Sound, minds, and bodies. All right. So, um, so just for a moment, I want to pray. Holy Spirit, we invite, your, we invite your presence. We invite the healing power of Jesus to flow. We thank you, Papa, that it is your good and perfect pleasure to forgive all of our sins and to heal all of our diseases in the name of Jesus. So now, God, let our, let our faith soar. Let our expectations match yours because you're so good. In Jesus' name. So if you want prayer, come on up, and we're going to pray for you, and Dr. Susan's going to continue to soak you in prayer.